0: You're listening to the Metro L.A. Podcast, an official podcast of the L.A. International Church of Christ. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Leadership 101 class. Uh, Good to have you with us this Saturday morning, and thank you for joining on in, and thank you for uh, striving to be your best and grow as much as you can, develop your leadership skills. Uh, I firmly believe that all of us are leaders on one level or another, and some of us on multiple levels, and some of us on many levels. Um, so uh, so it's good that we're learning, we're growing, we're getting more training. Um, I'm Robert Carrillo. Of course, I uh, approach leadership more from a biblical perspective. However, I have had some formal training as well as uh, a lot of experience. Uh, most of my experience comes from the church setting or the nonprofit world setting, but uh, also had begun a, a doctorate at uh, Abilene in leadership, so I got a fair amount of training there. And then I switched over to four and I'm now getting it on spirituality. But um, and some of the things I'm going to be sharing with you are from the research that I've done and the education that I have received, and then a lot of it's going to come from the experience I've had, and especially in training leaders. So, uh, so this class is on strengths and leadership, strengths and weaknesses and leadership. Um, if you haven't already done this, uh, last week I ended with, uh, this, uh, where you, uh, a website here. It is, I've got on the screen, one, two, three test.com where you can take a lot of the leadership tests that we're going to be talking about. Uh, a person, this one was, I uh, was that encouraging everybody to do the personality tests and do the specifically the disc personality test. I know there's a lot of them out there, different kinds, but I think this is a great one and I'm going to be teaching on this one. So you'll want to know uh, um, what your outcome is in terms of the type of person you are. So you can tune in when we talk about it. Another two great websites for uh, finding about your strengths specifically, one is via character.org. And that's a free one. They're, they're kind of mapping out the globe. So everybody can go take the test free and get your, get your results for free. And then another one that is a very professional, very high level is gallop.com. Uh, But that one you do have to pay for. So uh, I don't know if you want to do that one, but uh, via character is a great one. And if you don't mind spending a little money, do the Gallup one and you get a full report on your leadership. I am constantly amazed at how accurate they are. It's it's amazing. And even a little embarrassing how well I'm read, I'm read, how well they read me and I'm, I get these reports, and I'm reading myself, and it's like, oh, my goodness. Um, so, again, the topic is strength leadership, and we're going to jump right on it because we've got a lot of ground to cover. I'm excited about it. I think you're going to have a good time. You're going to learn a lot and uh, maybe hopefully be inspired and maybe a little bit convicted. Um, so leadership defined. Um, I'm going to take a couple steps back and start at the beginning again. So leadership, what is leadership? Well, there are a billion there's a million different definitions of leadership and a lot of different teachings and all kinds of writings and books. And there's just a a plethora of a cornucopia, if you will, of uh, just teachings out there. I love this very simple definition, a process whereby an individual influences a group of individuals to achieve a common goal leadership. There it is. Bam. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Um, I love what's happening in the world of leadership. The world of leadership is transforming right now. Uh, What used to be a leader is outdated now. And I've seen it in my lifetime. What used to be the leader, the captain of industry, the, the person who has all the personality and the charisma and all that has shifted so much. This is what 21st century leadership is more focused on, authentic leadership, people who are authentic, people who are real, they're honest, spiritual leadership, people who are in tune with spirituality. Uh, the world's getting over a lot of its hang up with spirituality. And even though it's becoming a post-Christian world, it's not becoming a post-spiritual world. Actually, interest is on the rise in spirituality. Um, servant leadership, that's huge. That's in. People are writing books. They're talking about it. There's articles coming out about it and adaptive leadership which of course would shine right now because the world is changing so fast if you can't adapt you quickly become outdated and irrelevant and there are plenty of companies that got outdated just think of Kodak or or uh what was the um the video one blockbuster and how they used to you know they were once the cutting edge and then bam you know somebody sat in a meeting at Kodak and said, oh, digital media will never catch ground. Well, let's stick to print. Ha! You know, somebody thought, somebody said, "La, let's not buy Netflix. They'll never last. Those red boxes won't last. We'll stick to videos. So we don't want to be that as a leader, as a person, as an organization, not at all. Um And then the other thing that I wanted to point out, there's a lot, 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 lot here to cover. But I just pulled out a couple of things that I just want to say because as we're setting up the strength leadership is that I don't want us to think that, well, because I don't have a title or I don't have a specific job to do or I've been not appointed a leader, I don't go to the leaders meeting, therefore, I'm not a leader. That's a bunch of garbage. Anybody can be a leader at any level. And in fact, I think in reality, we all do lead at different levels. Some of those are formal, some of those are informal, or as here it would say, assigned and emergent, right? Assigned leadership that's based on a, occupying a position within an organization, uh, team leader, plant manager, department heads, directors, Bible talk leader, sector leader, region leader. Those are, you have a title, right? But the emergent leadership is an individual perceived by others as the most influential member of a group or organization. Regardless of their title, that is, a, it, it's it's outside the authoritative structure, but it's a natural leadership, emergent leadership. He emerges over time through communication behaviors, verbal involvement, being informed, seeking others' opinions, being firm but not rigid. Affected by personality and gender, that the degree at which somebody will raise up uh, is affected by those in the society that they're in. But it's it is an it is a unofficial leadership. Non-authoritative; it's not wasn't given, but it just it happens because there's some people that are just natural leaders, and and I think, as I said, all of us are leaders in some way. But then there's some of us who have clearly a gift of leadership, as the Bible talks about. We have our gifts, right? Each one should use whatever gift he has received. To serve others faithfully administering god's grace in its various forms, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it as do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised to him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So this scripture you know tells us first of all that everybody has gifts. And that we should use those gifts for building god 's kingdom, this is the great thing you know the 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 big thing for the last twenty years has been actually thirty years has been teamwork, you know building teams. This is what Jesus did two thousand years ago. He built a team. this is what God is doing. I mean when he called moses he 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 had Aaron and Miriam helping him. you know God has always been into teams. And and knows that there's times where an individual needs to stand alone, stand strong, and there's times where an individual needs to work with the team and and be strengthened by the team. Generally, teams are always better than individuals. But there are times where it does somebody has to stand up. And even in a team, somebody needs to be the team captain. Somebody needs to call the meeting or call the prayer or call the direction. And and so it's not an either or, which is a false dichotomy. It's a false tension that, that it's both. It's both and. Um, strong leadership, good leadership has good teams and knows how to work together, but also helps everybody be able to contribute their gifts and their talents. And the group is much better off because of it. But here we are commanded by God. Use your gifts. Do what you've been given to do. Uh, I love this scripture. This is about the kingdom of God. Isaiah 65, the wolf and the lamb will feed together and the lion will eat straw like the ox and the dust will be a, and, and dust will be the serpent's food. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountains, says the Lord. God has a way in his kingdom of bringing opposites together, even former enemies, even, you know, former victimizers and victims together. To work together, to be together, to be in harmony with one another. All types it takes to build the kingdom of God. Um, Excuse me. I went backwards there. So, always the goal is to love one another, always the goal is to build up the family of God. Um, Probably one of the most important things in it for any leader is self-awareness knowing your strengths knowing your weaknesses and that's what we're going to talk about for the rest of this class is, is knowing your strengths and knowing your weaknesses that that inherently makes you a much better leader one if you understand your behavioral tendencies and develop understanding of how your behavior affects others so you know how to inspire how to encourage how to strengthen you know what you do that does that but you also become aware of what you do that does the opposite of that. Cause a leader can also bring a group down, can discourage a group. I mean, I think of there's, there's some movies that I think I watch them and I think, Oh my gosh, you know, think of Lord of the Ring, King Theoden, you know, he's always saying something negative to bring down the group, you know, and Aragorn's always trying to say something positive to give vision and inspiration. Uh, you got to know what, what you're good at, what you're not good at, what will help and what will not help. Right. Identify your behavioral strengths. You have to be able to build on your strengths. And, and that may sound like, duh, obvious. You're not going to build on your weaknesses. It's amazing how much we try. We spend a lot of energy trying to cover for our weaknesses and build on that. You can't. That's why we have them. So we that should motivate us to build a team to help us with our weaknesses. Yeah, we pray. We strive to grow. We try to be better at what we're not good at. But the truth is, if you just, exactly as God told told uh, Gideon, go in the strength you have. Don't worry about what you don't have. Don't worry about what you're not good at. Go in the strength you have. And you need to know what that is. Respect and appreciate, understand and value individual differences. This is the beauty of this, is that as, we, as you become more aware of self and what your strengths and weaknesses are, you become more aware of others and their strengths and weaknesses, and you and, and and you you begin to see what everybody brings to the table. A wise leader really appreciates people that are opposite of them. A, a foolish, insecure leader just fights with people who are opposite and can't stand them and wishes that they'd all go away. But a wise leader, a secure leader, a good leader surrounds himself with people who are different. Surrounds herself and builds her team. With people who are different than her, because that way you cover all the bases, and 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 you're not you don't have huge blind spots or areas that are huge weaknesses. Uh, it enhances strategies for working together. You're able to to know who to give what job to. We had a group of kids help us one time in painting our house, and it was amazing because I knew everybody, and we'd done all these tests. I knew who was good at details. I knew who was good at moving quickly. I knew who was good at at being cautious and careful and we painted our whole house by I assigned the the ones who were the the cautious types to do the trimming on the ceiling. I assigned the talkers and the you know, the the, the, the the people who are more social to do the rollers because they could talk and roll. And, and it was amazing. Everybody had their assignment. The house looked like it was professionally painted. They had the right people doing the right job. As many people say, if you get the right people in the right seats on the bus, everybody's happy. And that's the way it goes, right? Increase your effectiveness by improving your relationships with others. If you value people, they will value you. If you value people, you naturally will respect them. You'll love them. you appreciate them. Everybody wants to be loved, respected, and appreciated. That's what everybody wants. That's a happy team. And a happy team is a very productive team. A happy team maximizes their efforts. And it's amazing what a a happy team that's medium talented will beat an unhappy, super talented team every time just because they're happy. And you want to build that to build a framework of understanding behavior in a Christian biblical context. You know, we, we, we have such an advantage because we have the Bible. We have Jesus as our example. He is the perfect leader, but you know, you can miss a lot of what he does if you don't know what it is. I mean, when I studied servant leadership, it was amazing to me how much I saw how Jesus served and the impact of that, and how that gets translated to regular life, or or authentic leadership, or uh, uh, um, I can't think of the word I just said it. Um, uh, leadership that that will transform and and change as a adaptive leadership. That's the word. Jesus was an adaptive leader. I mean, he had plans. He changed the plans sometimes in the middle of a paragraph. He said, "No, I'm not going to Jerusalem." At the end of the paragraph, he's on his way to Jerusalem he just changed boom he went he did what he whatever he needed to do whatever he had to do and this is the thing highly successful people they understand themselves and how their behavior affects others they they do they're the most effective leaders do they understand their reactions to other people they understand they know how to maximize on what they do well and take advantage of that They have a positive attitude about themselves and know how to adapt their behavior. Uh, This thing about the positive attitude about yourself, I think sometimes there's a false humility out there that we think we're supposed to just walk around going, oh, woe's me. I'm a wretch. I'm a sinner. I'm no good. And false humility, because that's not what humility is. Humility, humility is knowing the truth. Here's what I'm good at. Here's what I'm not good at. I, I can do really well with this. I do terrible with this. That's the truth. That's the truth right there. And if you know the truth, you know what you can do, what you can't do. And, and you, everybody has enough gifts, or as I said in the last class, everybody has enough superpowers that you should be plenty happy. And happy with your superpowers. You know, if you're Spider-Man, you should be fired up that you can string those webs. You know, and that you can, you don't need to fly. You can grab onto buildings and sling yourself around. But if you're sitting around whining because you're not Superman and you can't fly, then you're a waste of a superhero, right? You've wasted those gifts. Know what your gifts are and have a great attitude about it. Be confident in who you are. You know, no, yeah, yeah, you're maybe not this, you know, this, this, or this. But you can either marry somebody who's good at that, hire somebody who's good at that, or just have some great friends who are good at that, but surround yourself with people who can help you with those things. And the other things, that's what you bring to the table. And be proud, be loud, be excited about that. That's the way we need to be. And and and, and we know how to adapt ourselves to that. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Because these are the gifts that God has given me whoops i went backwards okay so this is a, a a knowledge box i forget there's another name for it but but basically if you see on the top it says what others know about you and then on the right what others don't know about you and then on the left on the left going down the side it says what you know about you what you don't know about you you know what others know about you what you know about you that's what's known everybody knows that okay that's what everybody shares um and then what others know about you and what you what you don't know about you—that's your blind spot. When other people know things and you don't know them, that's where you get embarrassed. That's where you find out, and things are a shock. And there's an easy way to deal with that: ask people. Ask, how do you think I'm doing? What do you think my strengths are? What do you think my weaknesses? How do you think I can do a better job? That's those are important questions. The world is all about feedback now. We buy something on Amazon, we look at what everybody else said, right? If it doesn't have more than four stars, I don't buy it because there's something out there that's making everybody happy. Feedback makes the world better. You go to the restroom at the airport now, there's a little feedback machine in the toilet. You can let people know, how's the janitor doing? If the janitor can get feedback about cleaning the toilet, we should be able to get feedback about our leadership, right? It helps us to be the best. Then you got the section, what others don't know and what you know. Well, those are your secrets, okay? But you shouldn't have secrets. So you, somebody should know everything about you. Secrets are where Satan can work on you, okay? So be careful with those. And then what others don't know and what you don't know, that's your ignorance spot. And that's where you can grow. And you got to keep learning. You don't want that square being too big. You, you want it shrinking, shrinking. You want to be continually learning and growing and becoming more and more self-aware as a result. So there's the old the old story. If if someone says you have a green tail, you can tell that person they're crazy. If two people say you have a green tail, you say it's a conspiracy. If seven people tell you you have a green tail, you better turn around and take a look. You better turn around and take a look. I'll tell you what, a lot of us would do a lot better if we turn around and take a look. If we take serious what people say, you know, if God can use a donkey to preach, then he can use anybody. And we can't dismiss somebody because we think they're ignorant or because they're too young or because they're not educated or because they don't really know you or because of anything. And I know that, you know, people who know you're going to be able to give you the best feedback, but you just never know how God's going to work. So always be open. And at the very least, check. Take take a look behind you and check. So we want to be self-aware for optimum performance. Uh, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. You know, this is God's uh, way or Paul writing the church in Rome to just telling us to be humble. Humble to not think too high and mighty of ourselves. It's easy to do that. You know, somebody once said the two hardest things to deal with are failure and success. They Those really are. They're the hardest things to deal with. With failure, we can get down on ourselves and, and not appreciate the gifts that we have, the strength that we have, all that God has given us. And with success, we can get a little high on ourselves and start thinking that we're pretty awesome and we don't need God that much and we don't need other people and we got it all figured out. And if you don't think you have those tendencies, I'll just tell you right now, you're wrong. Everybody has those tendencies. Everybody does. Some of us more than others, but we all have it and we all have to keep it in check. So we have to keep a sober judgment. What does that mean? A serious view, an understanding being able to judge am I doing this right? am I not doing it right? where am i at i'm I'm so grateful for the friends that I have for the people i have I'm so grateful that Michelle and I can just talk about how we're doing and help each other to to have a sober judgment you gotta have those people in your life. It's absolutely important. And and you have to be careful because even a good leader, here's the trap a good leader falls into. Everybody's so happy with you. Everybody likes you so much. They don't want to discourage you, so they don't tell you the truth anymore. Bad place to be because you'll be way off before anybody will say anything to you. And then that's really embarrassing because you wanted to be a good leader and you've drifted off into bad leader land. So you you want to ha- always be getting feedback and it's on you to get it. I I don't believe in this. Well, you know, the Bible says they're supposed to tell me. And why didn't they tell me it's their fault? They should have told me garbage. Yes, the Bible says that if you sin against somebody, they're supposed to tell you. But that doesn't cover if you're just not being a good leader and they observe it. (laughs) You got to ask them, how do you think I'm doing? Give me some feedback. Do evaluations. And I know that, you know, some of us can be really sensitive or really insecure. And we don't want to hear that we've messed up. We don't want to hear where we've blown it. We're afraid that it'll prove our inner fear that we're worthless, lousy leaders, true, and therefore we'll go into a spiral. We can't do that. We can't do that. That's why we've got to have a honest, sober judgment. Here's my strengths. Great at this. Here's my weakness. Not good at this. So we are, we're, we we usually, we have, we have this fear that we're way down here and we're worthless leaders. And then in our pride, we start thinking we're pretty good and we're way up here. And we're afraid that if somebody tells us our faults, we'll end up way down here. No, just be right here. The honest truth is, here's what I'm not good at. Here's what I'm good at. And that helps us to be a great leader and to know how to operate. Now, we're going to talk about strengths and weaknesses. And I need to say this because this is the dangerous part about doing this. Is sometimes when we look at our strengths and weaknesses, we become like locked in. Oh, I'll never change. I'm no good. Or, or, or even we don't like the type of leader we are or the type of person we are. Well, I want to be like that kind of leader and we're not happy. And we think, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a this leader and I'm a, and, and that's, that's not good. That's not good. This, these evaluations are to help us be self-aware. They are not so that we're labeled or we're pigeonholed or we're boxed in or, or, or any of those things. Here's the great thing about God is God helps us grow in all things, right? God helps us to be our best, and and there are and, and part of faith is accepting the fact that there are some some gifts God is just not going to give you, no matter how much you want it. I wish I could sing. <laughs> I love music. I love singing. Nobody ever asked me to lead songs, because everybody knows I can't sing to save my life. And as much as I love it, as much as I wish I could, it's not me. It's just not me. Okay. Amen. I got to accept that. Not my gift. All right. Not my gift. And, but what I have been given now, I have this picture of these four kinds of automobiles. I have a luxury sedan. I have a sporty race car. I have a really fun utility pickup truck. And I've got a. I've got an SUV, a nice big SUV. That's kind of like what personality types are. If you took the test, you learned a lot about your personality. And again, these are not values. They're different kinds. It's important to know if you're an SUV and you keep getting on the racetrack and racing a bunch of race cars, you keep losing And after a while, when you keep losing, you know what happens? You start to feel like a loser. When you're not a loser, you're actually wonderful. You're actually awesome. But because you're racing on a racetrack and you can't keep up with the race cars, you think you're a loser. You need to know what. That's why you need to know your strength. An SUV is great. man. Look at that SUV. That's an Escalade, I think. You can pile the whole family in there. You can take them for a picnic. You can go up to Big Bear Lake. You can have a big family vacation. What an awesome vehicle. Imagine trying to take the family vacation in that race car. It would be a nightmare. The kids would be all over each other. Everybody would be fighting. You wouldn't have to be you'd be able to bring your stuff. You'd you'd get there and not have your tent, not have your sleeping bag, not have all your stuff. You get my point, right? Sedan. What a I mean, sedan, luxury sedan. They're so nice to drive. They're comfortable. They usually have good sound systems. You go out to dinner. You feel good ending the valet. Your car. You don't feel. You don't feel embarrassed. You know. You just. It's just a great. It's a great vehicle. Okay, but that's not the car you'd go camping with, right? And it's not going to keep up with the race cars or a pickup truck. You get my point. This is really important because. Whereas about 90% of us really get excited about these personality profiles and strengths and weaknesses. There's always about 10% of us that get discouraged. Oh, I don't want to be that. God made you special and he made you awesome. You need to appreciate that. And there is no one better than the other. Okay. They just have different roles, different strengths. Different weaknesses. I mean, wouldn't you love to have all four of those sitting in your driveway? Or your driveway's not that big, but, you know, parked in your backyard or something or somewhere you'd have access to them. I mean, wouldn't that be cool when you want to just take off up the one up the coast, you can jump in that race car. When you want to go out to dinner, you got your sedan. When you're hauling stuff from Lowe's, you got your pickup truck. When you're taking the family camping, you got your SUV. Wouldn't that be nice? None of us have all that, but that's what a team is. If that's your team, how awesome is that? You know, you've got one of everybody. Uh, I love this quote. A leader needs to know his strengths as a carpenter knows his tools or a physician knows the instruments at her disposal. What great leaders have in common is that each truly knows his or her strengths and can call on the right strength at the right time. This explains why there is no definitive list of characteristics that describes all leaders. Um it's interesting, you know, obviously he's saying, you not you got to know your strengths and you got to appreciate your strengths and there's no definitive list. Um, you know, we, one of, one of my assignments, I had to study all the different lists that are out there of well, one, not, maybe not all of them, but all the major lists that, that are out there of what is a leader. And it's a wide range and there's all kinds of different lists and they can't all agree. They just don't all agree. If I, if I ask 10 people, right. If I said, say, give me the top five qualities of a leader, they're going to all be different. They're going to all be different. And that's, that's the way it is. And he's saying the point of that is because God makes everybody different and there's different needs for different situations. So um, you need to know what your strengths are. If you took the VIA test, you'll see that they, they have, I believe it's 24 uh, different categories, everything perspective, perseverance, prudence, self-indulgence. Uh, hope, humility, humor, judgment, application, beauty, bravery, you know there's a bunch of different ones, and um, i want to encourage you if you didn't take the via strength uh, take it, take it, it's great, it's free and and you get to know, and again, you get uh, you just wisdom dictates to build on those strengths and and use those strengths at 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 your disposal. Every strength I will tell you has its pluses and its negatives. Every strength is a double-edged sword. Um, they're called balconies and basements in the language of the VIA Strength Finder. Um, you've got you've got the balcony. Let's say you are you're an organizer person. You're highly organized. You're good at organizing. You're, you're good at details. You're good at thinking through all the details and and str- strategic planning and organizing. The balcony. That's your high. That's Boy, you you organized a church picnic that just went incredible. The games went smooth. The food, you fed 400 people in 15 minutes. The games were fun. All the wards were there. That's your balcony. That's, wow, my strength shined. Your basement is you fought with a bunch of people. You were negative. You were critical of people because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. You were angry. You were fuming all day, and you distanced. From 15 people at church are mad at you now. Okay, that's the basement, right? So th- part of learning your strengths is how to stay out of the basement and how to live up in the balcony. How to how to shine with your gift and not get destroyed by the balcony, the basement of your gift, the negative side. What that means is you're continually even developing your gift. You're going from raw to developed you're going from you know i got the the han solo here reckless um impulsive uh courageous yeah devoted passionate but reckless and impulsive here he is later by um i don't know which one this one is the the force awakens he's an old guy seasoned um with his own business i think i hope i don't know maybe that wasn't a good analogy <laughs> um and you know, as far as your weaknesses, um, you you got to know what they are, and be aware of them. So that way, when somebody does point out your weakness, you're not shocked. Like what me? No way! You know, yeah, yeah. That's that's that doesn't surprise me. I'm I'm. You can quickly humble yourself, and and you and you compensate for your weaknesses. You pray about your weaknesses, but do not spend all your energy, and all your time, and your focus on your weaknesses. If anything, thank God for them. They keep you humble. You're not perfect. You're not perfect in the English sense of perfect, flawless. You have your flaws. And if anything, Paul said, boast in your weaknesses, right? Because when everybody knows your weaknesses and you do something great, God gets the glory, right? So don't worry about them. I think we worry so much about our weaknesses. And we fear what our weaknesses are saying about us. And a lot of us, especially you remember the accused and the deceived, the accused are so condemned by their weaknesses that honestly, it keeps a lot of the accused from being leaders when they would be great leaders or they, they get crushed. They get crushed, they get hurt, they get crushed. And they don't be, they're not able to function as leaders because nobody wants to tell them their weaknesses because they'll go down in a spiral and crash. And burn. And you don't want to be that person. You don't want to be the person that people are afraid to tell the truth, but be aware, be aware. And so when somebody points it out, you got to be courageous and listen, accept it, deal with it and, and move on, move on, move on. Don't stay there. God gave you a lot to offer. You don't have to cook every part of the meal. You're not good at rice let somebody else cook it. You cook the meat. That's what you're good at. You're good at barbecuing, barbecue the meat. Don't make the rice. You burn it. You mess it up every time. All right. Let somebody who's good at it do it. And then the buffet's awesome. You get my point. You can tell I'm hungry. It's almost lunch. Um, so as I said before, you know, God has given all of us superpowers. We all have them. All of them. I mean, all of us have some of them. If you don't know what yours are, well, first of all, take the strength test finder. That'll help you. There's an objective test that will tell you. You don't have to worry, oh, just because that's my mom. She loves me. No, this is an objective test. Oh, that's my roommate. He's critical of me. Nope, this is an objective test. But do ask your mom. Yeah, do ask your roommate and do ask other people what they think your strengths are. Know your strength. This is your homework assignment. Write down five strengths. You had it last week, and I know a lot of you didn't do it, so do it this week. Write down your your strength. Top top five even. You probably have more like 20 strengths, but we'll we'll go with the top five. And we're gonna talk about how you build on that. Okay. If you haven't taken the disc test on that one, two, three dot test or one, two, three test, take it. Take it. I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna go through this. Um Hmm. I'm going to go through this uh, quickly, <laughs> and uh, and you'll want to know. You want to know what you are. So, so here's the thing about DISC. DISC is a personality profile. It's excellent. A lot of different companies use it. The government uses it. Uh, I think Sony uses it. The NFL uses it. The Army uses it. Um, because it identifies your strengths clearly and your weaknesses clearly. So it helps you to figure out what you're going to do, what you're going to do, what you're going to focus on. If you're a detailed person, hey, organization, computers, uh, architecture, engineering. I mean, there's great things. If you're you're a people person and you're stuck in an office doing engineering, you're probably going to go crazy and you're going to drive the other engineers crazy because they're not people people and they get tired of you talking to them. And so you should probably be out with the people. You should be out doing something where you're interacting with people. And that'll be great. Um, and we all want, if we're going to cross a bridge, we hope it was designed and built by an engineer who paid attention, not by somebody who was talking to everybody not paying attention, right? So so everybody gets their strengths and they get to do their strengths. So the first one is a D, dominance. Say, some of you, if you took the test. And what the test reveals, you have a high, a secondary, and then two lows. And they're usually ranked as well, third and fourth. The lowest one, and depending on how high, high and high low, how low is how strongly they are what I'm about to describe. So if you were a pure D, this is what you would be. Now you also have a secondary which influences. And I'll be I'll be talking about all that. But so D is for dominance. It's also for direct. It's also for I was gonna say deranged. No. Um <laughs> driven. It's it's for driven. You know, D. The emphasis of a D is shaping the environment by overcoming opposition to accomplish results. Ds are drivers. They're, they're make it happen people. The classic line of a D is, I want it done and I want it done right now. All of us have had D bosses or D teachers or, or Ds in our lives. Some of us were raised by Ds, you know, Ds, and some of us are Ds. Um, where we just, we want things to get done. We, we, we're, we're, we're productive people. We're make it happen people. And we like things to happen. The emphasis, as I said, is on shaping the environment, getting results, causing action, accepting challenges, making quick decisions, questioning the status quo, managing trouble and solving problems. These, they tackle it. They go for it. They're, they tend to be more aggressive, uh, by nature. Um I love separating the groups whenever we do this workshop. I've done this workshop all over the world with all kinds of different people. It's always obvious who the D's are. They're the loud, they're loud, they're aggressive, they're the first ones done on whatever task I give them and they always, you know, I always and without knowing the the definitions, I asked them all to come up with a name for their group and and they always, these always are, you know, we're the the dynamic ones, we're the the dynamos, we're the the destructors or whatever. They always got some aggressive name, um, and and they are therefore oftentimes are the first leaders. They're the ones because you these are engines. You need them. They they will make sure the group gets it done. They're the ones looking at their watch in the meeting. Are we done yet? Are we finished? You know, they're the ones that are. Come on, let's be. You know, we don't need to sit here and chit chat all day. We, we got to get something done. Um, So the high D overview is charismatic. They tend to be, you know, draw people just because they tend to be very confident. And they tend to be high ego. Uh They're oriented, uh results oriented. They're motivated by challenge. They're usually not afraid of challenge. They'll take on a challenge. Um, They don't like being taken advantage of. In fact, they'll come out swinging if you try to take advantage of them. And under pressure, they may show a lack of concern for others. They will run over people to get the job done. What's more important to them is the job is done on time and excellently, then how does everybody feel about it? That's not important to them. And and now, obviously, a Christian D is going to learn to be a little more sensitive, a little more caring. And if you're uh, uh, one of the people-oriented letters, that makes you more sensitive, and it t- tames your D a little bit. Um Characteristics of high Ds, strong will, cause action, challenges, status quo, problem solvers, focus on results. They need variety. They get bored. Um, they'll sometimes overstep authority. They'll check authority. Or it can be argumentative. Uh, sometimes they don't carefully weigh out the pros and cons because they want results so quick, so done. I mean, done so fast. And In- it can be insensitive, Ds oftentimes if, of all the whole group of personality profiles, they're definitely the ones that have to apologize the most because they tend to run over other people and they overemphasize winning. D's love to win. Usually when I give the test out to determine almost every time there's a couple of D's go done, finished, I'm done and tell the whole room just to let everybody know that they finished. Um, biblical advice for D's be gentle. Don't be bossy, control your feelings. I'm going to give you this material so you don't have to be scrambling, trying to write all this down. Um, have a servant's attitude. So that's a D, D. So, you know, raise your hand if you're a high D. You know, a lot of us are, I know that. Um, how about I? You know, the I is for influence. And their emphasis is on shaping the environment by influencing or persuading others. Um, the classic line of an I is, let me tell you what happened to me. Eyes are storytellers. Eyes love to tell you about themselves, their lives, what's happened um they're just they're people people they're connectors they they love to connect with people they'll chit chat they're the ones that'll sit out in the parking lot and talk for another 45 minutes after the meeting that's probably an i um uh they they shape their environment by persuading and influencing others contacting people making a good impression being articulate creating a motivational environment Entertaining people, a lot of entertainers are high eyes. You know, a lot of entertainers they're high eyes. When when we when I'd split up the groups and by letters, and of course I hadn't taught them yet what they are, what their names. Are, the eyes would always have these names like you know the Invincibles and the 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 Inspirers, or they would come up with names that describe themselves. You know, and they're also the loudest group. They're the most talkative. Um, when when I, I would I'd have I'd split split them, everybody up into groups and then I would have them tell me the name of their group and the D's would, you know, they would be you know, and tell me the name. And then the I's they would all cheer themselves and applaud for themselves and and you know, just tell you all about themselves. Um I by the way, I'm a high eye, uh I'm a people person. Um And they're 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 kind of entertaining to watch. And they oftentimes end up being leaders as well. Why? Well, because they talk to everybody. Everybody likes them. So people tend to choose them. Even though the Ds will get a lot more done than the eyes. But everybody likes the eyes. They feel secure with the eyes. And eyes are generally good listeners. They're because they're interested in people. They're curious. Um they'd rather talk about themselves. But if if they're interested in you, they'll they'll listen to you. Um High eye overview. They're optimistic, people-oriented, social recognition. They like the group to love them. Uh, what's their basic fear? Social rejection. Eyes get hurt. Eyes get really hurt. Um, may become disorganized. Uh, eyes tend to do too much. Classic eye thing. Loser keys. Loser wallet. Can't find where I left my notebook. Where's my computer? Where's my iPad? Uh, that's an eye because they're just their brains are going all over they're talking to everybody and they're not paying attention um characteristics good communicators encouraging persuasive sales people a lot of sales are eyes hello they talk to you like you're their best friend you're like i don't even know you buddy um spontaneous impulsive good leaders. You know, a lot of my best friends are eyes, Shane Engel, Wade Cook. They're all eyes that we get together. We could talk for hours and and come out of a meeting and be like, that was a great meeting. And the one guy who's a D D's like pulled his pulled all his hair out. Cause he's like, we didn't get anything done. Um, and, and eyes tend to be creative. A lot of creative people are eyes. Cause again, the brain flowing freely, um, and dramatic and emotional It all kind of a package deal there. So if you're a DI, you're probably very driven, but you're good with people. Um, That's a lot of leaders are are a D and an I or a combination or an ID, people-oriented, but also very driven. A lot of the best leaders are ID, DI, ID. Um, Potential weakness, they can be careless and disciplined, forget the rules, not time conscious They talk too much a lot of times, speak too long in classes. Uh, may shift responsibility for mistakes. Um, they 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 tend to believe their own propaganda. They tend to go by, judge themselves by their intentions instead of their actual actions. So they tend to think of themselves as good guys. Uh, they listen when it's convenient. Um, biblical advice: be humble, control your speech, be more organized, be patient. Okay, now S's 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 are steady, solid. You can count on S's. They're always there. They're always dependable. They get it done. They cooperate with the S's are the glue of the universe. S's get along with the I's. S's get along with the D's. When you have high I's and high D's, sometimes they clash because D's are trying to get things done. I's are trying to connect with people. More worried about how people feel. D's don't care how people feel. (laughs) They, They want to get things done and they tend to clash. The S is usually the middle guy saying, come on guys, let's, Let's find a happy medium here. They demonstrate patience, specialized skills. They're very methodical. S's tend to be methodical. They have a way of doing things. The older they get, the more methodical they become. Um, they're good at helping others. They perform in consistent manner. You can count on S's. The world would fall apart without S's. They're just solid, steady. S's, you know, showing loyalty. Very loyal. Good listeners. Um, stable work environment. The S, the classic S. We're all in this together, so let's work as a team. They're great team members. They're they're just they're 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 the strength of a team. It gets it done. Um, of course, they're they're the characteristics: are predictable, thorough, loyal, understanding, dependable, consistent. Weaknesses: eh, they they don't like sudden change. They struggle with sudden change especially when it's an eye who just keeps flying by the seat of their pants, you know, and changing things last minute. Um, uh, it takes them a little time to adjust to change. They can be pessimistic. Sometimes they need to learn to say no. Sometimes they, they over-volunteer and they get stretched. I'm starting to think of some people in my mind here. Um, and And they're very reluctant to express their opinions and their thoughts because they don't like rocking the boat. And um, sometimes they need to be more initiative. They need to speak up. Truth is the the group would benefit greatly uh, if they would speak up more if you're a high S. Um, So you're consistent, team-oriented, maintain the status quo. Um, You don't like uh, instability or change. And under pressure, they can become overly willing to give in. Probably the biggest thing about S's, their weakness, is is they just have to speak up more and, and assert themselves a little more. So C's, C's, last one, conscientiousness. C's are the conscience of the universe. C's are the ones that get us all to heaven. Uh, their emphasis is on working conscientiously within existing circumstances. They ensure quality and accuracy. A lot of times people are SC's or CS's, um, and a lot of people are DI's or ID's. Now, they can go the other way too, and you'll you'll know by your test, but they, they tend to because they're on the same side of the spectrum. So C's classic line, can you provide me documentation for your claims? They check things. They're fact checkers. Okay, you eyes, don't just tell me all this stuff. Prove it to me. Um, work con- conscientiously within existing circumstances to ensure quality. Their tendencies, They they're good at concentrating. They're good at details. They're good craftsmen. They're good. Uh, uh, artisans in the sense that they will take the time to make something great. They're diplomatic in that they will they don't get all pushed out of shape necessarily. Um, long as things are good, long as things are quality, um, they love to check for accuracy. You know, C's can be engineers, C's can be uh, finance people, uh, uh, accountants, CPAs, because they don't mind checking, checking, checking to make sure Everything is accurate and correct. They think very analytically. Um, They use indirect approaches because they generally don't like conflict, although they tend to be the cause of conflict, only because they don't let D's and I's get away with stuff. Um, They're usually the break man. Uh, Using a systematic approach to situations. Biblical advice for... for Whoa, this is for S's. I'm sorry, that got confused there. There we go. So, high C overview, characteristics, orientation, Logical, analytical, precise, perfectionist, That's a weakness of eyes. Um, they can get paralysis of C's, of excuse me, paralysis of analysis. Um, diplomatically good, very organized, tend to be quiet, reserved, self-competitive. You know, they want to be their best potential weakness. Uh, they can not be very inspiring. They can end up being the break man in the group, which is a bummer for them as much as it is for anybody else. They tend to avoid risks because they've, they want things They value excellence and quality over speed and productivity. Um, they can suffer from analysis of paralysis. Sometimes they need to loosen up and lighten up. Um, they don't tend to delegate well because they want everything done right. Um, biblical advice first sees: be more positive. Uh, avoid being bitter or critical. So you can stand for critical sometimes in a, in a not good way. It can also stand for critical in a great way. That they'll analyze and critique themselves as well. Um that and sometimes uh, and nobody beats up a, a C like a C. C's beat themselves up. Usually the I's and the D's have to lift up the C's because the C's are beating themselves. Um they could they could learn to be more joyful and not to worry so much. So this is kind of the spectrum overall. I'm gonna send you this. You can look at it, you can go over it and learn a lot from it. And at some point in the future, I want to do a workshop where we really get into this because there's some fantastic applications to relationships, roommate relationships, marriage relationships, dating relationships, um, to leadership training, parenting, all of that. Uh, Lots of great, like even how to communicate. Once you figure out what you are and what your family members are, there's a lot of great advice about how to communicate with each other. And I'll close out. With this, you know, that there's just the power of diversity is incredible. And there's a whole, this is a whole nother class on diversity, really more than one class, but, um, the, the power of diversity, bringing the different talents together, makes a great team, the different experiences, the different way, kinds of intelligence. Um, and, um, I don't know why money's on there. That's funny. Um, but, uh, you know, a great diverse team can beat an all star team. I mean, y'all, you've seen or experienced all star teams that just fall apart because everybody wants to be the prima donna and everybody wants to be the, the show off. And whereas a, a, a well diverse team with D's, I's, S's, and C's, mostly S's, a couple of C's, a couple of I's, and a couple of D's. Man, what a great team. So I have a lot more material on DISC and leadership on my website, thewayofthepilgrim.com. Join us in the journey. Look it up. But uh, I will send you all the, the, the some of the handouts to this so you can take a look at it. I know I went through it very quickly. I was trying to keep the class under an hour. So God bless you, and let's keep being great leaders and developing our leadership skills. You've just listened to the Metro LA Podcast For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com